Welcome back to the Love Baby and Toddler podcast. Last week, we shared Meg's birth story, which was amazing to listen to. If you're into birth stories and you want to hear about her unexpected C-section, you should definitely check out that episode. Today, we're going to talk about prioritizing yourself in parenthood. This is something that Meg and I are both really working on, so we thought it would be a great topic to dig into. And we think this is a topic that a lot of parents can relate to. So to kick off this episode, Meg, can you talk a little bit about where you are right now in prioritizing yourself and what does that really look like for you? Hi. Yes. Welcome back to the Love Baby and Toddler podcast, guys. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because it is something that I think I will always be working on. I think as a teacher and having so much experience in education. I'm like a firm believer that we are all lifelong learners. And this is something that I had to kind of learn to do once I had a child. And I never once thought about how difficult it would be before I had a kid. So right now, I'm happy that we're talking about this topic because today I actually had an extra two hours before I had to go to work. So I went and I got a pedicure. I got a little extra massage. And it was like that to me is me time. Like alone time to me and prioritizing myself is not like going to the grocery store alone. It, it is going to Target alone, but <laughs> Target's a little more enjoyable <laughs> than like, <laughs> Target's more enjoyable than like a duty that you have to do, right? So like, I think it took me a really long time to realize that like self-care is not like running to the grocery store, going to drain read really fast, getting back in time. Like it actually is taking time for myself to do things that I enjoy. So one of the things it was last, I think we just hit a year, my, my Peloton anniversary. One of the things that my husband was able to do seamlessly when we had Emmy is he still was able to maintain going to the gym five, six days a week. And for him, I think, you know, I think mothers and fathers, whatever your situation is, whether you're two dads, two moms, a mom and a dad, you're a single parent, it all looks so different. So I'm just going to speak for my relationship with my partner. And I think for him, it was so much easier for him to just be like, okay, I'm going to run to the gym for like an hour, hour and a half, I'll be home. And I was just like, okay. And to me, I didn't even really think like, Ooh, how can I fit time into the gym? Because you're so, I was just like so overwhelmed and in this whole new world of like adjusting to my new life as a mom. Um, and right now I feel like I've come a really, really long way. So in terms of like self-care, prioritizing myself, working out is really, really important to me. And of course, you know, sometimes that comes in waves. Sometimes you're like really on it, like five days a week. And sometimes you can take a little break and that's fine. But my husband going to the gym five or six mornings a week meant that I was not able to really leave and go to the gym five or six days a week. I mean, if I really wanted to, we could have, you know, talked about it and negotiated, but I was like, what is a way for me to be able to work out, have me time and still, you know, be home. So he's able to do his thing because him going to the gym, obviously it's for his physical health, but it is so much for his mental health. It wakes him up in the morning. He's home. He's in a great mood. So I didn't want to mess that up for him. So we figured out that a way that I could do that was getting a Peloton. So we have, we got it last, I think April is our, our anniversary is in April. <laughs> and when we got it, my daughter was still sleeping in her crib. And when she would wake up in the morning, she would just like roll around and like suck her thumb and talk to herself and like love her time in her crib. So I could wake up in the morning 
at like seven or seven thirty, get a workout in and then go grab her from her crib. And I was in a better mood. I had exercised, my endorphins were popping. And I just felt like it is that I was such a better version of myself. And in realizing that I kind of was like, wow, like I have missed that for so long. I didn't realize how much I had missed the consistency of working out and the consistency of doing something for myself, pushing myself, sweating, you know, that feeling. And I know that, you know, it too, because I know you so well, and I know how, you know, how important it is to you. So I think right mm-hmm. now I'm in that space where I'm comfortable being like, Hey Dean, I'm leaving at this time for work today. I'm just going to go like 30 minutes early, get a pedicure before I go. And he is always so, and he always has been so supportive of me having alone time or having dinner with my friends and him not having to be there all the time. He's ever since we started dating, it was very important, even more so to him. He was always just like, do whatever you want to do. Like I'm never, ever going to be the type of partner who's going to like hold you back or make you feel guilty for doing something that you want to do with your friends. And that's one of the things that I love about him so much. It, It definitely, me taking time for myself definitely got lost when I had Emmy. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of things you said on there and uh, that I wanted to kind of touch on. And one of the things you said about that Dean is so supportive of that, I think one that's so important and, and not everybody is in a relationship like that. And I think having that open communication to say, Hey, I need to be able to take time for myself and, and having that and working through that as um, a partnership, or like you said, Meg, whatever your situation looks like is important. But I think the other thing that some people struggle with, and I don't want to speak for other people, but I know for me myself, I'm also in a situation where corn is really supportive of that, but I feel like I can't leave. So I feel like he's always like, go, go, like, go do something. And I just feel like if I go, things are like more is going to fall on my mom or more things are when I come home, I'm going to have to like catch up on stuff or the girls are going to be upset that I'm leaving. And it's more, I wouldn't say it's so much as mom guilt, but I'm more of the reason that I'm not doing that than he is because he's always like, go and do that. So I think that can also be a difficult situation is if you do have a supportive partner, how do you not feel guilty yourself or feel like I can step away? And that is something for me this year, I really have been focusing on to just say, I know they, the girls might be upset, but they're going to get used to it and they're going to feel feel better in the long run and see that it's important for us to take time for ourselves. We have other roles outside of just being a mom. And I've, I am a work out of the house mom and I've started traveling again for work and it's actually gotten a lot easier to leave them. And, um, you know, like with, I'm fine leaving them, but they're not fine. And now they're starting to be more fine with it. And they're more fine with me kind of stepping away and even coming to do this podcast. I don't do bedtime. I do this with you. And so that to me was more of the struggle that I felt like something on the other end was going to go wrong versus my partner saying like, you can't go. That is such a good point. And I think, and I think more so with you too, because you have three kids and your mom is also there. So of course, when you step out, your husband is home, but your mom is also there. So I think that that's such a valid point. I think mine, especially early on, like right after I had, I mean, mine was definitely more of like two things. I think it was mom guilt. 
And I think it was just adjusting to like a totally new world where I was like, oh my God, I have to go to my like my postpartum appointment, my, my checkup to check my C-section incision. Like, okay, I have to pump. I have to do this. I have to catch the train. And then I like got to the doctor. I was like, okay, how am I going to get, how am I going to get home? How fast is it going to take me to get home? I'm going to have to nurse her. And that was, is just so overwhelming, especially in the beginning. I think it's important for us to talk about, you know, kind of like where we are right now and how far we've come, because I feel like personally, I've come an extremely long way in terms of prioritizing myself and doing things that make me feel good. And sometimes if I'm home, so I'm home in the mornings until two o'clock every day, pretty much during the week. And sometimes if my husband's working or doing whatever, and I still want to get a workout in, like, I think it's great for my daughter to see mommy taking 30 minutes out of her day to get strong. She'll say like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you wide into Peloton, mommy? <laughs> like, it's because I, I want to be healthy and strong. And I want to be healthy and strong for myself. Of course, I want to be healthy and strong for you. And I think it's so important to be, you know, those kind of role models for our girls growing up. I was actually reflecting with my mom this weekend. We were talking about an old family friend. And she, it was my friend's mom. And she is the only person I ever knew growing up out of like all of my friend's parents who consistently went to the gym. So I would go, we would go to the gym with her and go to like all the kids stuff. And it was so fun. I think I was probably like 10, 11, 12, like we could swim and it was so much fun. But looking back, I was like, wow, she is the only person that I really had like access to seeing working out. And I remember thinking it was so cool. And I don't want my daughter to only see like one person in her whole life that's working out. I I do feel like it's also changed. I think a lot of people these days find it more important or I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. And I, I agree. I think it's important for our kids to see that and how we talk about it. And it's not just exercising to look good, but it like feel good mentally, physically, like you feel stronger and there's just, I'm, I, like you said before, I'm like you and I love to work out. I love the feeling it brings, but one of the things that I think is challenging is yeah, you're, you have a three-year-old, so you can kind of say, mommy's going to work out and and you can give her an activity. And so I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And so I can't, if it's just me, I can't do that with my younger two. And even with my four-year-old, sometimes I'll be working out and I'm, I say, Corn, I'm going to go upstairs to work out um, for an hour. And then I'll let the girls kind of just run wild and they'll be coming in and they're like asking me questions. And I'm like, this isn't me time. This isn't it. Like I would like an hour dedicated. And so when you go play basketball, no one's coming up to you on the court <laughs> saying, daddy, 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 you know, it's so a foul, a foul. Baton, yeah. I don't want somebody saying mommy, mommy, mommy. Like I would like a focused workout. And so, yes, I love that they see me work out, but also when it's me time, like <laughs> I would like that me time. And so I think for me, one of the challenging things and like a big difference between Corin and I is like, we are very opposite people. I am much more introverted. I am not like I thrive at home. I'm like a homebody. I love to relax at home. And so whereas he loves to be out and he loves to be doing stuff. So he will take the time for himself, which I love. That's great. That's how he charges, you know, recharges his batteries. Mine is just like a, a relaxing quiet day in bed, like reading a book. That's how I love to just 
unwind. And so it's hard because if I'm doing that and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going to take the time for myself. It doesn't really seem like the time for myself because it like, I'm not doing anything crazy, but that for me is really, I need that. I need that quiet. And I need to just, especially because I work professionally in a field with like people um, and then my kids and then my husband and like everybody needs me. And that that's what I do for my career. And then also as a mother and a wife. So it is hard to find that balance because if I'm just doing that, it doesn't, whereas like he goes out to do that and then he comes back. So I don't go to do that. So it doesn't seem like I'm doing anything, but I really am. If that makes sense. (laughs) It does. And you are doing something because I think that it looks different for everybody. So me time, I might enjoy going out for a walk. I might enjoy like getting a drink at Starbucks inside of a target and then walking around the target, which I mentioned before, even just going for walks. Like when I go upstate to visit my family, I love my daughter stays at home with the grandparents and I just go on walks in the neighborhood. And it is, it really, that's kind of how I refresh, but it wasn't always like that. So before we get into talking about how we prioritized ourselves when we first had children, we're going to take a quick break. So we are happy to have Patet as a sponsor for our podcast. If I had to choose one product that is a must-have for potty training, it would hands down be the Patet. It is a portable potty that can be used at home or on the go. It's really the training potty you'll ever need. I've used it all over New York City. I use it on all of our road trips. I keep one in the car. I keep one in the stroller. Everywhere you look in my apartment, there's a Patet because that's how obsessed with it I am. We just started training our two-year-old this month, and we're loving using the Patet at home. We've always had one, but with our four-year-old, we used it more as an on-the-go potty. But now we have the reusable liner, so we use it at home, and we also put it right on top of our toilet, which is another great way you can use it. So if you are starting potty training or you are traveling and you are on the go all the time and need a portable potty, check out the Patet. It's on Amazon. We'll put a link right in the show notes. And that's Patet spelled P-O-T-E-T-T-E. All right, let's get back to what we were talking about. I want to ask you, this is what we'll do. Another little game, because that's how my brain is wired. If you could have rated your ability to prioritize yourself and have self-care as a new first-time mom with a newborn, if you, were to rate your, if you were to rate yourself on a scale from zero to 10, give me a number on how you think you were like, what do we, what do we want to say? Like a month postpartum, maybe let's just say. Zero out of 10. <clears throat> okay. Before you even explain, what do you rate yourself now? Five out of 10. Okay. Okay. So we've got a five point increase. <laughs> How? <laughs> let's, let's keep talking. I and hate reading scales. Like when you're when you're in pain and they're like, "Which are you?" I'm like, "I don't know." I have such a hard time half. with scales. Well, okay, that's good because that shows progress, but it still yeah. shows that you've got some time to grow. Yeah, I'm not um, where I want to be. I I'm not like anywhere near where I want to be. So I'll say that. No, I, and I think that's totally. Maybe I'll typical. say a six. Maybe I'll say a six. So I'm leaning yeah. a little, I'm a little bit higher, but I think I have a lot more room to grow. So what did you look like or what did it look like when you were zero when you first had Nick, when you were a first time mom going through it? So I would say one of the biggest things, and I know you said one month 
postpartum, but I want to jump forward a little bit further into three months and return to work. So with Nix, I went back to work at 12 weeks. Um, With Scotty and Cece, I went back at 14 weeks. And so I work full time. And like I said, I work out of the home now post COVID. I work home some days. I work out of the home some days. So I feel like because I am gone and I'm not with my kids all day, that when I come home, I have to really spend a lot of, not that I have to, I want to spend time with them and I want to on the weekend. So there's not a lot of time to then go do stuff for myself because when I'm not working, I'm with my, with my kids. And so that's what makes it hard. And right now, why it's still really hard is the bedtime struggles. So let's just say I get up in the morning, I get ready for work. I go into the office. I work all day. I get home at five or five 30. We do dinner. And then my kids go to, we get them ready for bed early. So maybe getting them ready for bed by seven o'clock, seven 30, they don't fall asleep till nine 30, 10 o'clock. And, and then I'm tired. So I don't really have a lot of time for myself to just kind of do anything. And even though we've started alternating nights at bedtime, um, it still ends up always being me. So like they just scream for me and I just feel bad. Like I feel like I don't like to see my kid. No one likes to see their kid upset, but I can't listen to my kids scream for me. So at some point I usually end up going to lay with them and that lasts for two hours. So and that can also affect your relationship with your husband. Yes. The other night, we, <laughs> we, uh, Emmy and I went up upstate for like four days. Dean was somewhere else. So it was our first night all back together in our apartment. And Dean was doing bedtime. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get on the couch. You know, I'll like turn Ozark on because we still haven't finished the final season of Ozark. So excited. It took him so long to do bedtime that by the time he came out here, I was sleeping. <laughs> because we're at the stage right now with bedtime topic for a different day where most of the time we stay in her room until she falls asleep or last night we both were like from now on we're just going to leave the room whatever totally different story but I think going back to what you said about like prioritizing you time on top of working outside of the home coming home dinner and then wanting to spend every second with them I think it also impacts your relationship with your partner or your relationship with your friends because if I'm doing bedtime till 9 30 do I want to like meet somebody out for a glass of wine after that? Like, um, unfortunately the answer is like usually going to be I'm exhausted and maybe a different time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is hard. And that's why it is really interesting to me how there's so much talk, like you're never going to sleep again with a newborn and, and, and like newborns are so hard. And honestly, three kids later, I would say newborns are a walk in the park compared to toddlers. Like, I I just really truly believe, at least for me, the babies have been way easier than the toddlers. And I know every single stage is different. I know when we get into that elementary school, we're going to have challenges. I know when we get into junior high and high, like every age has its own challenge, but it's almost like society just tells us it's just newborns are hard. Um, but I've found it to be that toddlers are way harder. That's just my experience with all three of my kids. So um, yeah. And then when you go to prioritize yourself during the week, like we were just saying, like, do you want to be doing that? Like 10 PM you're exhausted. And then it's like, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's another day. But and here's, the, think- here's the kicker for me, because I didn't get that time in the day, I will stay up till 1am. So Reading I on get, your Kindle and yeah, bed. 
Yeah. So I get <laughs> the time alone because it is that important to me. Yeah. Like it's definitely not healthy for my brain. And I wake up exhausted also because my kids don't sleep and then they wake up at six in the morning. So I just feel like I am, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? Just kind of like hanging on by a thread most days. Yeah. And, um, but I just, I like need time to myself. I just need it to be a person. And that's okay. And I think that if we do not have time for ourselves, that's when you are just going to go absolutely insane. Because we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like one of my biggest struggles becoming a mom was being able to figure out how to be a mom while also kind of being my old, you know, myself in addition to being a mom. And a lot of that comes with being able to prioritize yourself. And I remember my co-teacher, I went back to work. Emmy was six months old and I went back to teaching pre-K. I was teaching four-year-olds and my old co-teacher had a baby, I think two months after me. So Emmy was March, her baby was May. So we were very pregnant at the same time, like had the babies pretty close, but it was her fourth kid Mm -hmm. and it was my first kid. So it was it was hard because we were like kind of going through it in the same phases. And I remember her telling me, love her so many times that I need to do things for me. I need to do things for myself. And like, you know, she's like, I really want to get to know you for who you are. It was our first year working together. She's like, I want to know, get to know you for who you are and not just as like Emmy's mom. And at the time when she said that, I, I don't know if I took offense to it, but I definitely like felt some type of way because she was right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she helped me kind of open my eyes to the fact that I was like, you know, you, you live, you breathe, like everything you do is for this child, especially your first one. Like Molly and I, we always text each other still like first time mom, first time mom, like laughing jokes about like things that like a first time mom would do. And like, that was me for a very long time. (laughs) And (laughs) it did take me a while to, you know, get over like mom guilt of being like, well, why, why do they get to do that? And why don't I get to this? And like, I have to be home and I have to be here. And breastfeeding, I think makes it a million times more difficult in the beginning, especially at least for me, like mentally, like that was like, we, Emmy really only took a bottle, like if I was gone. So for me, it was like, okay, I'll be here to nurse her. I'll be back in two hours. Like it was all just but not even and, that. I remember you went to the Beyonce concert and you like, how do I pump? Like, do I bring a haka and like, you know, I ended up not even there. going. Oh, I, I didn't even go. No, there were severe thunderstorms, so I didn't oh, even okay. go. But okay. I do remember things like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay, I do want to prioritize myself, but like, how? Yeah. What in the world is this going to look like? And then Emmy was a year old. I remember like right before COVID hit, maybe she was like nine months old. I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to start working out a little bit, just like kind of finding myself again. And then COVID hit and I couldn't go to a gym and I didn't know what in the world was going on. So I think that definitely also threw me for a loop. And I didn't really take a weekend away from her until she was two. Which I mean, some people do it a lot earlier. Some people do it later, but and I think because of COVID too, it really made it like, more difficult but it also made it easier to not go out and do things so we spent so much time together but it is I think it's very hard and I think prioritizing yourself like I would say when I had Emmy I'll scale myself from one to ten I was a flat zero yeah (laughs) because you're kind of in I mean especially the beginning 
stages you're in survival mode. Yeah. And I think for a lot of moms that it's really not even a thought and and that's okay. And, and I would say even the first couple months with Scotty and Cece as a second and third time mom, I was also at a zero because you're in the thick of pumping and breastfeeding and like still bleeding and attached to your baby and still healing from delivering a baby. And you're in that fourth trimester, which is not talked about enough. And it's just as challenging, if not more challenging than the first three trimesters. So I would say if you're at a zero, like that's so normal. And I would love to know if anybody at that stage is at like four, five, would love to know like how and a story behind that. Because even thinking back on it, I'm like, I don't even know if like, you know, the next time around, if we have another baby one day, like I probably will be at a zero again for a little while. But I do, it's interesting because like mentally thinking like at that point when I didn't prioritize myself and now I see the growth three years later. So I know, you know, I can get there Mm -hmm. and that it is still going to be a journey. I'd rate myself maybe not like you're asking um, for my rating. (laughs) I was going to ask. I was going to get there. I'm just kidding. I just have a game show mind. Um, I don't know. I want to, maybe I'd give myself like seven. Okay. Still not, you know, not an eight, nine, 10 range, not at a zip zero, but I do think I'm also just getting better at kind of just being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then I go and do it. And I think that it also helps to have supportive partner. And also like I'm home with Emmy a lot of the morning. So that also helps because if I'm home with her for most of the morning, if I'm out like an extra hour at night or something, then I don't feel as guilty. I think I I should change my rating, my to now. I've just I've just been thinking like, what would a 10 look like? What would a 10 look like for someone, you know, who does work, who does have um three kids and a husband and and all of that? And realistically, like what would a 10 look like? Me going out every night? That's not even something I would want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think um for me what what I would like more of is to just find it find more of a balance to be able to work out and find the time for myself more frequently because I do work out you know three to four days a week I would love to work out five days a week so how do I find the time to do that and get to bed earlier but then you know get my kids to bed earlier so I don't have to stay up till 1 a.m and and find more of that that balance. And so I think that would be the big thing for me because I'm not super social where I'm going out all the time, like ever. That's just not my thing. But when I do want to go out, I do. And if I do want to go have a date night, we ask my mom to babysit once a month. So I am doing those things. I just want to feel like if I am going to work out that my husband will take the kids kind of away so I don't have to be interrupted all the time and things like that. But if I want to go get my nails done or a massage, I usually do. I just like go right after work. So I don't have to come back and go, go back out. Yeah. And I do think that everybody's scale, everybody's ratings are going to look different because all of our lives are different. You and I have very different lives. And I think if anybody were to 
listen to this and be like, oh, what was I postpartum and what am I now, depending on the range? I think everyone's going to be different. And that's because we are, we are all on our own journeys. I remember when I was teaching preschool, I was, I would wake Emmy up sometimes because I'd have to nurse her before I left. I would get home at two o'clock just in time to nurse her before her nap. So then I would get home and she would go to sleep and then I'd finally see her at five. And then just like you, like, I feel like, okay, I haven't seen her all day long. I want to see her from five to eight when she goes to sleep. And that to me, I felt like, I think that I felt guilty wanting to do something like after work or later at night, if I hadn't seen her for those few hours in a day. I think the other thing that makes it challenge is social media. I mean, I think there's always, you see so many big accounts posting like, prioritize yourself, like make sure you're taking time for yourself. And, but also what does that really look like? And what do you want it to look like? Because when I said I was at a five at first, and then I said a six, and then I'm like, wait a second, what do I even want that to look like? And I think at the end of the day, I just want to be able to, to work out and get my mind right and have, you know, a little time to read a book every day. I don't want to be out partying every night and going, and some people that they might want like that, they might be like corn who thrive in those social settings, but what does that really look like for you? And you see some sometimes people doing that and that's great, but what does that really look like for you? And I think it's so easy to just be like, no, I'm not finding time for myself, but it might even just be target. And some people say, well, getting a shower by yourself isn't prioritizing yourself. But actually when my kids try to like bother me in the shower every single day, yeah, a shower by myself actually for me is very recharging, especially postpartum. That is like the number one thing for me when I am postpartum that I have to do every single day for the first month. Like it sounds normal, like you should shower every single day, but when you're a new Not mom, normal to me. <laughs> you know, and I talked about brushing your teeth, but like before finding the time, but showering every single day and just kind of like, especially in the thick of breastfeeding and you're engorged and leaking everywhere. Um it is so critical for me to find that time. And, and I know there's a concept like taking a shower isn't prioritizing yourself, but like for me it is, and it really does recharge me. So I feel like it, sometimes you have to just kind of like sit back and be like, wait a second, like this looks different for everybody. Like, for example, do I sometimes spend an extra minute or two on the toilet when I have alone time in the bathroom? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Because I know my <laughs> yes, husband does. I'm like, what are you doing in there? I'm like, oh, I'm just finishing up in here. Meanwhile, I'm like two hours deep on TikTok. <laughs> but it is. And I remember this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can wrap it up. There was one time Emmy was like definitely walking. Maybe she was like one and I wanted to take a shower and Dean was here and his brother was here. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'll take a shower right now. They'll entertain her in the living room. Seven seconds later, she's like, mama, mama, mama. She was like crawling, walking, whatever she did, made her way into the bathroom by herself. And I remember just being like, you guys, can I please just have like a 10 minute shower in peace without having to worry about her like, yeah. Coming in, what if she falls into the toilet and smacks her head? Like that's a and thing. Not- Kids can drown in a toilet. It's absolutely terrifying. Which, of course, that's running through my mind. So I'm like, right. is anybody watching her? I have to get out of the shower now because I have to make sure she's safe. Like showering. I totally agree with you. I remember that moment of being just like, they don't realize that every time they take a shower, nobody is yeah wondering where they are. Yeah, yeah. and that's okay. And it's not you know I'm not trying to throw any shade, but I'm also I just it's real for me. It is. And I feel like it's just 
That's okay. Everyone's at a different stage. And I think finding ways to have the conversations and kind of just shedding some light with your partner or whoever it is you're parenting with, or if you're a single parent, whatever that looks like. But I know for us, I, I used with porn kind of that basketball reference to say, when you get to go work out and play basketball, no one's bothering you. So like when I'm riding the Peloton, I don't want anyone coming in. He's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So just finding the ways to have those conversations and moving the needle little by little, I think has helped over the last four years for us. But sometimes I'm like, hello, reminder, (laughs) you know, we still have to have these conversations. Because I also want to point out that sometimes to them, they don't realize that that's happening. They don't realize that that's something that, that we really need. So like, especially early on, like they don't realize maybe how important a hot shower by yourself feels. And it's, it's important. That's why communication is vital in relationships, especially when you have children, because if you don't communicate things like half the time, they're like, I, I'm not a mind reader. Like, how was I supposed to know that? And that's valid. I think that's just one of the biggest things, not that this is like a relationship podcast, but something that I am always trying to work on is just the communication because I can't expect things to get done or, you know, someone to know how I'm feeling, not even just with my husband, but with my kids and with my mom and with my friends to just try and always have that open conversation because I always just try to assume good intentions. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've said it to my preschool students many times and (laughs) toddler age kids all the time. Like, oh, you didn't know that they didn't like that. Or you like, how are they supposed to know that you didn't like that if you didn't tell them? Or how were they supposed to know that that was your idea if you didn't tell them they don't have magical powers? They can't read your mind as much as that would be so cool. And I'm like, wow, all of these teachings I need to take into my own life at age 32 as a mom because it's so real. And that's why those like foundational skills when you're so little and those conversations are so important. Because if you're not expressing yourself or your needs or things that are bothering you, and it's okay to say things that are bothering you, I think talking about your feelings at any age is so important because it, it helps you process them mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. We're all works in progress as a parent, Absolutely. as a wife, as a friend. And so we just got to keep, keep working towards it. Listen, maybe six months from now, we can come back to our rating. We can talk about what we are on the scale. I'm going to give myself a seven for now. Do you want to re-rate to yourself before? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm an, I'm an eight right now. I think I'm no, I'm going to say a seven. Once we figure out some sleep okay. stuff, I think, I think I'm a seven too. All right. Six months from now, what month is this? Um, June. So December, we will give ourselves a new rating. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, we would love for you to share it with somebody else who might also enjoy it. We would also appreciate any review that you would like to give. As always, you can find us in real time on our Instagram and TikTok at Love Baby and Toddler. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.